Welcome everyone back to another episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. My name is Adam Rogers and alongside me as always is co-host Steve Mez. If it's your first time listening, this podcast is brought to you by fans for fans. Steve and I have been following the Blaney Racing family for two decades and Team Blaney itself has been offering news notes and analysis to fans on social media since 2014. So go ahead and pull those belts tight and hang on as we throw the green flag on our recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Quaker State 400 this past weekend at Atlanta Motor Speedway. Steve, welcome back for another episode of the podcast. Hey, I'm glad to see you guys made it back in, in one piece. We did, we did. And, and you're you're saying a, a plural there because much like we did when you guys got back from Road America, we have a special guest this week. And this time, though she is probably the world's biggest Daniel Suarez fan, she does have a soft spot for Ryan Blaney. And that's my wife, Tara Rogers. Tara, welcome. Thanks Hi. for joining us. <laughs> Hello. The better half. The better half, that's, for sure. The better half, that's for sure, yes. Uh, it's about the same here. It's the better half is in the other room right now. Yes. Um, hey, so you guys you guys went to Atlanta, drove up what, Friday, Saturday? What'd you drive up there? Saturday, Saturday morning. morning. Saturday morning. Yeah, and pretty then, early. Um, what time? Around 5 a.m. 5 a.m. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I feel with that's about the time I started driving for mid Ohio, um, about, about seven. Um, but, uh, I guess uh, you guys got there in time for what would have been qualifying. Yeah. We then... were trying to get there. And yeah, I think our plan was to get there. We didn't want to drive in the rain. So we knew we would hit rain eventually. So we got there just in time for qualifying to be canceled pretty much. So we sat in the car and we watched the truck race, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Cause you probably saw me. I waved, I waved, you know, so Tara, tell us about actually Sunday's adventure, because Sunday you guys did like the full uh, experience there, right? You guys went, uh, what, to the tweet up, do that first yeah. or? We did that first and then we went down to the pit. Uh, so who did you meet at the tweet up? Uh, I saw, well, of course, everyone knows Bob's going to be there. And then I guess Jeff, Jeff Gluck was in town too, but uh, they brought a special guest that uh, I heard uh, was pretty important <laughs> to you. Very important. <laughs> Who was it? Justin Marks, <laughs> team owner of Trackhouse. Yeah, I heard um, he was uh, pretty good. Uh, him and his daughter were there or something. They were. Uh, they were both there. Yeah, yeah. he has two yeah. daughters. Two daughters, and they were bringing. Uh, they brought some stickers or something like that. And he told you he got bumped off the road in the truck race. <laughs> no, not exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he was trying to explain it with his hands a little bit. I think it, I couldn't tell if he said he got spun out or he spun out, but it ended up, I guess it was a pretty big hit in the end. But well, the, yeah, when he hit the tire barrier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't talk about it too much. <laughs> well, it was yeah. kind of a, a day of um, which she's pretty good at this and meeting celebrities at the racetrack. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, so we yeah we did went, have the the pre race pit passes which were kind of nice. Which actually even prior to that we saw Tyler Reddick, uh, one oh. of the uh, meet and greets they had under the grandstand. Which if anyone's following, you know, recording this on Tuesday, there was kind of some bombshell <laughs> Tyler Reddick news that he did not talk about in his <laughs> meet and greet for sure. Um, but then you know we go down to pit road and this is one thing I bugged her for the last race we were at Darlington. Is uh, we're walking down pit road there because we had the passes there and I pointed out 
And I was like, hey, it's Paul Swan. And she kind of just gave me a blank stare and didn't know who that was. <laughs> but now your favorite show is what? What is it? A Life in the Fast Lane. <laughs> Which is the Austin Dillon show that he does with his wife, Whitney. Um, and then his friends, including Paul Swan, who is a, a tire carrier, I believe, on the three car. So um, she sought him out this time. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I went up and I talked to him this time. <laughs> She got a picture. I, have to, I think I tweeted it out, but I don't think the Team yeah. Blaney account has yet. But um, one thing he talks about on the show all the time is his, his food preference. And that was kind of the first thing she said to him. And, and what was that? He said in the show that he eats tuna fish every day. So when I met him in person on Sunday, I told him I eat tuna fish every day now just because of you. And he asked if I liked it. And I said, yes. <laughs> Yeah, it's one think. thing. I don't think he likes it, right? <laughs> <laughs> he does it because he has to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's working for him, I guess. But he yeah. did. That. I don't think he was expecting that. But I'm sure he's got <laughs> he's gotten other people come up because of the show. Uh, but I thought that was interesting. Yeah, that was kind of the the first person we encountered as we were we were walking along. Uh, well, where'd you Where'd you meet the the uh, the rapper at? That oh, that was right. That's yeah. before the Tyler Reddick thing, right? Michael Brown. Yeah, so that was, um, and he was actually there to surprise Tyler uh, because I guess he was in, it was either for Las Vegas or Nashville uh, when they do like the burnouts on the street. And he was in the car with Tyler Reddick uh, when he was doing his burnout. So they kind of knew each other a little bit. So I guess they arranged for him. And he's what, he's like a country rapper? Country rapper. He had one song that everybody knows. It's the Get Up Dance song that was out last year. It was very popular in the summer. I'm not going to try to sing it. <laughs> <laughs> so, but yeah, we were just, um, we were just kind of on the, uh, you know, back by the concession stands and stuff under the grandstand and just kind of pointed him out. I'm like, Hey, I think that's that Blanco Brown guy. And um, she went up to him and initially the idea was just for her to get a picture with him because she knew who he was, but his entourage insisted that I get in the picture too. So now <laughs> we have some, some photo evidence of that too. So um so that was kind of fun and I, I mentioned like it just seems like the the celebrity game this year with nascar has really stepped up and it, like he wasn't i don't believe he was there performing or anything so you know he was kind of just there in attendance it seemed like as a fan um the other person we walked by that i guess i didn't really understand at first it was who it was until after but like rick ross who's another like you know music hip-hop mm -hmm. type you know celebrity he was down there talking to teams and Bubba Wallace and I guess even NASCAR officials and he wandered by um, the Flow Rider concert. That, that was fun. <laughs> that happened before. So um, we got to enjoy that a little bit as well. So, yeah. yeah, your wife's your wife's uh, Instagram, especially, but now Twitter, too, because you get back on Twitter pretty good. Um, seems to be some great, great pictures. Um, you're definitely not afraid to grab somebody who says, Hey, can I take a picture? <laughs> no, I'm not. I went right up to Justin. I, I didn't care. <laughs> he was like, wait till he's done talking. I said, but it's Justin. <laughs> yeah. She was yeah, already and, ready and, to go. And I would say you're the only one at the tweet up standing there probably with the, with the, a track house shirt. On, I, was. Right? <laughs> I told the the biggest thing I was happy about is that he's been wearing this white track house hat. Again, I don't understand. Huge Blaney fan here, but as she has a soft spot for Ryan, I have a soft spot for Trackhouse a little bit. So they have this white Trackhouse hat that he wears to like every race. And I finally got to corner him and ask him where I could get one. And he assured me they were under production now. So I was looking forward to that. But yeah, the tweet up. So she, yeah, she got to the meet Justin, get a photo with him. And then 
Uh, I think she's done it once before, but she got to talk to Bob again mm-hmm. briefly and get a picture before it started. So everyone, everyone, uh, every fan needs a, a photo with Bob Pockers, I think. That's that's true. Bob is a man of the people, no doubt. I mean, <laughs> He's super nice. I can't I can't wait to get to Indianapolis in a couple of weeks just to see him again, you know. And I'm sure he won't forget uh uh from the last time, you know. So and last year in we in Indianapolis, he ran the tweet up there too, and he was he was fabulous. He just, uh, he's really good at picking somebody out of a crowd, looking at what they're wearing and then asking the question about their driver to start a conversation. You know, he's really, Bob's really good at that. It's kind of fun to watch him in action. Um, so like pre-race all that stuff and your seats end up being pretty good seats because you were down like in the restart zone for the race. Restart zone. We're in the eighth or 10th row. It was pretty close. We can still see everything. It was pretty good seating. Yeah, Atlanta, Atlanta's kind of well built well for uh, being, you, know, you don't have to be up real high to see all the way across. And it's only a mile and a half track too. So it's not as yes. big as, as, as where you, your, your home track, Daytona there. Um, so talk, the, talk the, about the heat. <laughs> that, was the other, saying, that was the other big yeah. conversation between drivers and spotters and fans and uh, track officials. I know that, that we kind of had a game plan going in and I think we executed it. Okay. <laughs> They're not joking when they call it hot Lana. <laughs> what do they allow you to carry in there as far as uh, coolers or they let you carry anything like that in? We did. We had our own cooler and you could bring cans and bottled water. Um, I had my little tumbler. It was full of ice all day. Brought my own fans. They didn't care about any of that stuff. And we just kept reapplying sunscreen all day. All the sun, <laughs> over day. and over, over and over. And I think we went through probably two cases of water just to, had to keep yeah. had to keep going. But it worked out. I mean, there's a couple of times I know. One thing she really liked was they had um, cooling oh, cooling yeah. fans on in the inside by the concession stands. Giants. <laughs> so you know, every you know hundred laps or so, she would run up and go to uh, during stage breaks or, or caution breaks. She'd run up and go. Uh, cool down under the fan so that was kind of nice too and cooling towels they had vats and vats of ice water and uh, cooling towels they were handing out both days um that were and we have a few of them and they actually doubled as especially for folks in the restart zone they encouraged us to kind of yes. wave them for restarts so i don't <laughs> know if that the, ever made it on tv or not but it was, those are the quaker state ones yeah quaker yes. state towel yeah. yeah we got those um this goes back a ways but kentucky Oh, okay. Yeah. They, yeah. They, they were, they were the sponsor uh, when they ran at Kentucky and, and they gave them out there too. And, and we used them that day for the same reason. It was just sweltering hot and those things worked out great. They soaked they up. The, but, but yeah. the race turned out good. Daniel yeah. got a top 10. Which, six. So that, that worked out yeah. pretty good. He had a kind of a slow start to the race, but eventually made his way back up there. Um, do you like, you know, we went to the race in the summer last year on the old configuration with Kurt, where it was Kurt and Kyle kind of battling for the lead. Um, do you like the new version of the track better than the old version? I like the new version. The new, the new track is pretty nice at Atlanta. Speed a little bit, seems a little bit faster. Or do you like faster, the pack, the pack racing? So you're, you're a big Suarez fan. What do you think of his teammate? that's not nice to ask (laughs) she had a lot more problems with him before daniel finally won his first race i I would say it was it was more of a you know it's mutual he's stealing the spotlight uh kind of a thing and then now daniel since daniel picked up the win at sonoma it's it's leveled off a little bit but um uh it's 
it's just kind of funny to see what he does next really <laughs> i just want to go ahead i like him he he's he has to he's his partner <laughs> his teammate so i like him i was just wanting to see <laughs> i wanted to see if she tipped down tiptoed around that like pen Penske fans tiptoe around that question. <laughs> we have we have bought a couple of his watermelons yes. that she approves of. So those watermelons are so good. I highly recommend them. <laughs> yeah, next time you go, are you next time he wins? Are you going to smash one in the driveway? No, I'm going to eat it. It's pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That one week that we bought it, he did he, he did win week. at Talladega yeah. or something. I think so. That's yeah, that's right. So, um, so that was our was that our second race of the year third race third race because we i keep forgetting we went to bristol dirt so bristol dirt yeah um we have a few more on the schedule we have daytona darlington homestead any of those you're looking forward to most i think i like darlington darlington would be another favorite you guys go you guys go through savannah to get there don't you <laughs> we have, yes yeah. <laughs> Savannah's a good stop. And I mm-hmm. see when I asked that question, I thought she was going to say Martinsville because she keeps trying to get me to add oh, Mar- yes, she keeps trying to get me to add Martinsville <laughs> to the schedule. <laughs> I need a hot dog. <laughs> it's got to be better than than the than the spring race was there, that's for sure. <laughs> I hope so. They've done some tire tests there and they say they think they're gonna come back with a better setup, but I still think they need to stop shifting to make that place well, good. So they need it to not be 30 degrees. <laughs> that's the part- cold that's yeah yeah that didn't help either (laughs) freezing that day all right well thank you for coming on i know it's the first time we've been doing the show for a year and then a half now or or more (laughs) and it's your debut we know we get kate on here every once in a while too and uh, i think kate's gonna actually gonna be hosting with steve next week uh, Mm -hmm. while we're out out of the area so um but yeah i wanted to give you an opportunity to come on so thanks for coming on and um, we don't hold it against you that you're a 99 fan. It's okay. Thanks. Well, thanks for having me. I'm going to go and play some Goldfish Casino. <laughs> <laughs> supporting, right. supporting those sponsors. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, Steve. So we mentioned uh, our trip to Atlanta, which is always exciting. Really looking forward to get to some more uh, tracks this season. And um, like I said, I think I've said it on the show before. We've been blessed by, by finding some significant others that have become uh, some... I think Kate was already a big race fan when you guys met and Tara, honestly, over the last, you know, three or four years has become a huge fan. And a lot of it just has to do with, you know, finding a driver that you like picking them, following them. And um, it makes things way, way more interesting. And it's kind of one of the best parts about being a NASCAR fan. So I mentioned, we're going to do this recap of Ryan Blaney's run in the Quaker state 400 at Atlanta motor speedway. Let's jump on in. All right. Um, no practice. No practice. We were there. It rained. <laughs> it rained. It looked like, you know, they were saying uh, a little bit, especially on the radio coverage, that they thought NASCAR was going to hold off a little bit and let them qualify at some point. Um, boy, they weren't going to do practice anyway, but right. at least yeah, there was no practice. So rains during qualifying, they're like, you know what? They might still do it, even though the truck broadcast is going to be on TV. And I was like, are they really? Are they really going to do that? And then they didn't. <laughs> So yeah. as soon as right before, I think the truck broadcast turned on, they announced that qualifying was canceled. And I knew while we were sitting there watching that in the car as it downpoured in Atlanta, I was like somewhere Steve smiling because uh, last week he was saying they shouldn't even do qualifying. That's right. Uh, they just listened to what I said and went with it. Uh, truthfully, 
if you look at the race itself, it had no effect on the race where, where these guys started. Um, cause some, some guys ended up starting way in the back and by the end of the race, they were way in the front. So the, they all figure out their ways of getting up there. Um, and since it's super speedway racing in, in some respect, their track position is somewhat important, but, uh, not totally. Uh, so yeah, we get, um, starting P six with the, with the metrics, um, pit stall 13 with, uh, no, uh, no pit, uh, nobody pitting behind them. The 78 is actually pitting in front of them stages, uh, 60, 160, 260, a fuel run of 64 to 70 laps. So they figured they could do the first stage without a stop if they had to. Um, but then again, your favorite, the competition caution. I know we, um, yeah, yeah, that, that was a thing. I saw that was going to happen. I mean, no practice, it rained, so I can kind of understand it. I, we've talked about pit selection before, but just to highlight it one more time, it seems like when they, you know, when they have an opportunity, like Jonathan and the team, they're really meticulous about picking mm-hmm. great pit stalls. It was only that one time this year, uh, I think, where they failed inspection and they weren't able to pick their pit stall that they ended up with a bad stall. Pretty much the rest of the year, they've had really, really solid placement on pit road. And yeah. that's been good to see. Yeah. Very av- advantageous depending on where the uh, uh, timing lines are or who's in front of them, who's behind them. They, you know, they, 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 they do a great job of finding an opening or being on the one end of pit road or the other um, or near competitors so that they can compete with them all day, you know? Um, so let's see here. The leader of course is the nine car. He does uh, lead from the pole. And, um, right off the bat, Ryan says something about a small vibration, um, at the start, but, uh, this once again, it's just like basically not, ends up being nothing, um, by lap four, uh, the top five are in single file line and Ryan's up to like third position at this point. Um, and, uh, lap seven is pretty loose. He says a couple of numbers are talking about what to do when they get to lap 25, uh, for that comp caution, uh, lap nine all the way up to second. And the one is leading at this point, uh, the lap 13, um, the 11 and the 12 are swapping for second and third. What's really nice is that, you know, at early part of the race, somebody would get out front and get the lead, but there would be two lines of traffic behind him and they would kind of go back and forth. It seemed like the, I mean, typical Ryan fashion here. Um, and even as this run progresses here in the, in the first stage, He's searching around. I think he's just trying to see, like, yeah, him and the 11 kept swapping positions back and forth. I think they were both just seeing what their cars can do, how they can handle. Um, And he does this a lot in super speedway racing. They don't really hold back early on. Like, some guys like to lay back and just ride around. Like, they're they're experimenting. They're trying to see where they can generate runs. Um, You know, they've raced here earlier in the season, but it was under different conditions. It was very overcast that day. Um, a little bit cooler. I think it was seventies, maybe low eighties that day, you know, here it's a little bit, it's kind of partly cloudy at times, partly sunny at times, a lot hotter and handling of the cars, I'm sure a little bit different. So they don't exactly know what they're getting into. And, um, it's always fun. It was actually fun really early on to kind of watch them swapping positions around and, um, seeing what they can do. Um, by uh, lap 24, the nine actually pushes the 12 to the lead, which was kind of cool. Um, then we get the comp caution, um, and, uh, they talk about tightening about two numbers, uh, but they're staying out. <laughs> so, you know, um, they, like I said, they knew they can go a few, a few, 
a full fuel run here if they need to for the for the caution or for the uh stage so honestly this uh, is where it starts you're going to talk a lot about varying strategies but strategies from here on out i mean even in that first comp caution people some guys came down took two some took four some took none mm -hmm. you know it's all over the place the whole rest of the way mm -hmm. and forget tires fuel is the key thing here okay so if you came in at lap 25 when you when you get to the stage break you don't have as long to fuel the car as somebody else so, and this ends up being how some of the positions end up getting swapped. It's not about, uh, you know, I took four and somebody screwed up and this and that. No, it's some of these teams that pitted here at this point of the, the race, when they get to that comp, uh, they get to the end of the stage, they come in, they don't have to take as long to get fueled up as everybody else. And, and you'll hear me a couple of times say something about waiting on the fuel. And, and that's, that's part of what happens here. So, um, Jonathan tells them that everyone's complaining about being free. Um, so uh, the, the nine's the leader here and he takes the top, Ryan takes the bottom and the top ends up being the choice all day long for the leader. Pretty much. Uh, that's going to be the best launch seems to be, uh, the, the, where they get, get going the best. Um, the 18 to 45 are behind Ryan here. And that's another thing. The Fords, except for Ryan, during most of the day, the Fords weren't really behind him per se. Uh, at the end of the race, they end up showing yeah. up. Uh, but uh, during the, the two most... car, the two car was way off. They yeah. were, I think they said Cindric even dropped himself to the back because he was afraid of crashing like the mm -hmm. field because how loose he was. So um, obviously they did some, him and Jeremy Bullins did some great work adjusting on their car throughout the race, but it was a little bit scary for them at the beginning and several other cars too. I know the 23 Bubba Wallace was off all day long. And they basically threw everything they could at that car. So, but yeah, you're right. The Fords weren't really in focus early on, except for Ryan at the front pretty much all day. Uh, they restart lap 30 um, by lap 34, the nines lead. He's covering both lanes. Um, the 48 and the 12 are swapping for second and third at this point. Um, at lap 37, the 48 kind of gets shuffled out of there. So uh, 12 goes, uh, up to second with the 11 pushing him and at lap uh, 38 the 18 is now now pushing uh, up to second here um at lap 41 the 18 actually makes a move around ryan ryan gets to third here and um flap 43 the 48's now pushing in lane and ryan's up to p2 the nine is still leading during all this but that lap 51 ryan slices his way around and makes takes the lead and that was a pretty good looking uh move uh you know up under around and then the next thing you know he just pops out right in front of everybody i know and immediately my thought was that's that's his move for the win right there like yeah. that's if he's he just kind of i was talking about him kind of learning early on and i think that was uh you know a result of that he saw the perfect way to set up, drag back a little bit, set up a run, shoot back down through, take the lead. <laughs> and, uh, uh, the, you know, I, it was a little bit weird because, you know, this is a hometown crowd for Elliot. So they were exceptionally loud for anything Chase did. Even, you know, Chase at some point when he shuffled back toward the, you know, the back half of the top 10, anytime he would make a pass, the, the crowd kind of went nuts. Uh, but there were still some cheers here for Ryan leading, even though he kind of takes it away. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say in the next lap or two, the nine gets to him, takes it back. Yeah. Um, it takes it back. So it was, yeah. it was short lived, but yeah, it was but, a really good move. Like you said, by Ryan, even just to get the lead. And I thought, you know, I just put in my memory bank, like that'll be, that'll be his pass for the win. If he gets a shot at it later on. 
Yeah, now lap 57, Ryan tries to start a low lane moving forward. Um, you know, this is something you get early in a race. It's a good thing to try to do. Um, see what kind of momentum you can get. See if you can put it together. Problem is, is he doesn't get enough people behind him at different different points here uh, early in the race. So um, at lap 60 is the end of the stage. The nine wins the stage, um, but Ryan's up to fourth. So, you know, good stage finish surviving the stage and, uh, you know, P4. Yeah, and he had a shot. I think you're just mentioning how he's trying to get a low lane going. He had a shot at just maybe riding around and finishing second, but he was trying to get a little bit more out of it. And I think got shuffled just slightly there. But still, top you know top four finish in the stage. That's some good points. Unfortunately, it's it's Chase that's winning the stages here because he gets the playoff point plus the ten you know full points for the stage. And honestly, that nine car is is that's who the the twelve is chasing here for the regular season championship. Yeah. So. um uh, the um let's see here i got uh the, the, tightening it up a little bit there's just tightening up a number says here um john says when you leave we will be waiting on fuel and then they'll drop the jack at the point they've got enough fuel so um it's going to be up longer he, he warns them right away and it's here again this is one of those things okay so we we ran for stage points um, for track position for those stage points, we got the stage points, but now some of the other cars, um, they're going to be, you know, uh, taking less fuel. So. Yeah, I was going to say, they don't have to wait as long. So you're going to, we're going to lose some positions here on pit road, but it's more about us getting the fuel tank full as yeah. opposed to it being an actual slow stop. So, and, and you got to do that now because you don't know if the stage goes green where you're going to be. So you, you got to make sure you've packed it full of fuel. Uh, in fourth out seventh. Um, and of course, Jonathan tells him, take care of fuel here pretty much all day. Just take care of fuel. You know, that's, you know, without me even having to tell you, just make sure you're doing that. Uh, the choose cone, the leaders, the eight taking the top, Ryan takes the top, the restarts at lap 66, um, by lap 70, he's P five and the top lane is moving. And, uh, the 19 actually is taking the lead at this point by lap 70, Ryan's up to third, you know, it's just, you know, he's, he's doing pretty good for, you know, not being as good as somebody else later on, but it didn't um, take long. And it's just like a lot of super speedway races. It's fun to watch Ryan, even if he's, you know, only four or five spots back from the lead, just the way he's able to every single time, it seems like he can just pick his way back up front at these yeah. types of races. Um, lap 75, Ryan goes low here. The 19 and 12 are actually battling for the lead. Um, then we get a caution at lap 77, uh, the 42, 17 to 78, uh, the 19s leading Ryan's P2. Um, Ryan does say I'm a little tighter here. They're going to stay out. Um, now, lots of guys come take fuel at this point. And once again, this is going to be one of the things later on where if there's another caution, they're, they're not going to have to be in there as long on fuel. Um, the Chusco 19 takes the top. Ryan also takes the top, staying behind him. Uh, lap 83 is the restart. Uh, the nine is actually behind Ryan at this point. And that's kind of good to know where the nine is all day. Cause he not only is uh, going to be good out front, but he's also a great pusher. Um, lap 85, the top four go, go past that low lane. So they got clear of them and um, lap 86, Ryan goes low while the nine's taking the lead. So he's trying to start another low lane. Once again, though, by lap 90, it's stalled out. He's in fifth. Um, at lap 91, we get a caution. Um, the 19 pretty much loses it in front of the whole high lane. And uh, 
what do we got the 19 the 20 the 18 the one the three the 22 the 34 the five are all involved um this is one of those they, those incidents where you know ross chastain's involved here and it's made a lot of waves early on but i think of the two big incidents he's involved in um and i think even uh, larry mcreynolds um talked on his radio show this week you know he checked the smt data and the 19 really got off the gas and you know, yeah. the, the one they said he was driving aggressive all race to where he was tr- always trying to kind of get to the outside of guys. So that's kind of what he was doing, but it was a really bad time for him to be outside in the 19 to let off. And that's kind of where it, that happened. So if you're going to give the one car a little bit of a break in this race, I would say this incident is the one. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, I, I didn't take note on this one, but later on, I took note on, um, the, uh, 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 Josh is just so excellent on, on these situations, um, his communication. I mean, mind you, the driver has to be able to process everything that's going on around him. Um, he's got that rear camera on certain things, but Josh really does a good job of letting him know which way things are happening in front of him. And uh, he gets, gets Ryan through a bunch of these messes all day long unscathed. Um, they're pitting going in uh, from third here. And Jonathan, once again, tells him we're going on me. Uh, he tells him it's going to be about four seconds of fuel. Um, they come out actually P2 and um, the 24 Lees, he did fuel only also. So he, one of the, he's one of those cars that didn't have to take as much fuel. <laughs> and uh, you know, he, he leads them out uh, the 21, 38 and the 47 stayed out. They pitted on that, that previous stop. So um, they're P5 for the, for the cone here. The leader is the 21 taking the top. Ryan takes the top and the, the restart that 47 leads it at um lap 102 the 21 gets to the lead you know and ryan's p3 at this point and that's kind of cool to see that uh, 21 car out there yeah he's uh, had just horrible luck all season yeah he's made some mistakes on his own too but mm-hmm. it was good to see good to see harrison up there having a, a yeah. good run at atlanta yeah. um See, uh, lap uh, 104, the 24 takes the lead. At lap 107, we get a caution for the 17 car. Um, 24 leads. Ryan's in seventh at this point. So the choose cone here, the 24 takes top. Ryan takes the bottom. As Of course, they're all staying out. Uh, we restart lap 112 with the nine behind. Ryan, of course, 24 leading at um, lap 115, the 18 he gets in the way of everybody. He's like a lap or two down and he's in the pack and he's like, he causes, causes everybody to kind of have to go around him. I think he was one down at this point. So I can kind of see what he was doing here. Um, honestly, at what is it? Talladega when Chastain won the race, he actually did something similar to this where he just made the pack kind of split him a little bit mm-hmm. and he, and he kept up with it. So that way he would keep just a lap down. The difference here though, is the 18 car was damaged. So he wasn't going to be able to keep up with this pack, even if, you know, he was able to try to cycle through with them. That's one difference. Uh, the other difference, the bigger one to me is that at Talladega and Daytona, you have three to four lanes that you can do this. Uh, Very I don't true. think, it, I don't think in Atlanta, the way it's configured, you have more than two and a half lanes. So yep. when you get in the way and everybody's got to go around you, there's not much room to do it. You got to put on your skinny jeans to get around everybody. That's what made it nuts in the the spring race there when it was the, the two front row cars split the <laughs> split the field high and low and it caused an incident there. Yeah. Um, 
at uh, lap 117, and he's up to fourth here with the 20, 24 leading. And um, uh, lap, let's see here, 124, the 24 is leading. Ryan's in fifth, uh, but the first 10 cars are single file now. So they've kind of filed out. They're kind of like, okay, when we get to the end of the stage, we'll get racy again. But right now, they just kind of like single file it out. Uh, lap 135, the nine and the 48 uh, are behind Ryan, too, at this point. It's always, like I said, always good to know where the pushers are. Um, lap one, let's see, 36 here. There's a caution for the 14 car. The 24 is leading and Ryan is in fifth at this point and they're staying out again because um, we're getting close to, you know, end of a stage here. So choose cone 24 is taking the top. Ryan's taking the top um, 921. The one are behind Ryan. They restart lap 142. By 144, he's up to third. By 146, he's up to second with the eight car leading. And the nine is actually put the one pushing Ryan. Um, <laughs> this is interesting. Ryan tell, uh, tells Josh to go get with the eight and tell him to run more in the middle lane. Um, it's kind of interesting. Like he's not telling him to get out of his way. What he's telling him is if we want to run this a little better, um, get to the middle a little more and you won't have to swap lanes all the time in front of guys. Yeah. And I think that was just some of Ryan's experience. I think this is the first time the eight's been really up front uh, in a while in this race. And Ryan's been running top three, the entire race. And they actually did mention this on the PRN broadcast too, that, you know, and I always, like I said before, I'm always here for Josh Williams mentions. And yeah, they specifically mentioned that, uh, that on the broadcast that Ryan asked Josh to go do that. But yeah, mm -hmm. all the, a lot of the runs before this, the leaders were in the middle lane and it was the, the, the packs behind them that were kind of side by side or running high or running a little bit lower, but it did seem like if you were out front in the cleaner air, the middle lane was where you wanted to be. And it, it wasn't like a game. Like he wasn't trying to trick the eight or mm -hmm. something like no. as soon as he went middle, Ryan was going to pass him on the outside or something, but no, he, he was just saying, if we want our pack to be fast, we need to move down. And unfortunately it didn't really happen. I, don't, I just didn't seem like they were interested. Yeah, the um, at lap one fifty three, the the nine makes this move to take the lead. That um, <laughs> you know, it's it shows how good his car was. I said I, we we've talked about the race a little bit before we we started recording, and from the beginning of the race, and then especially that moment right here, the nine car could do something that nobody else could do. It just seemed like he could ride around, pick his moment and then make the pass and just not be contested. It was like, just didn't seem like anybody had a chance. And I think Ryan, after this race, even said, you know, the nine seemed faster by a mile than, than anybody else. And it, it showed he could, he did it multiple times, this type of move during this race, or even early on before this, this part where he could just, it just seemed like he could put his car wherever it wanted and handling did matter at this. I know it's super speedway style racing, but handling did matter uh, for this race specifically. And I'm not sure what they came with aerodynamically or, you know, engine package or setup wise, but whatever it was, uh, they definitely had a rocket ship. Yeah. They get um, to lap 159. We have a caution for the 48 with a flat right rear. Um, the nine wins the stage here. Ryan finishes fourth again in the stage. And that's the quote I have here. He says, the nine is absolutely ridiculous. Can turn left and downhill whenever he wants. And, uh, you know, that tells you all you need to know about what the nine car is going to do the rest of the day, which if, you know, you just mentioned the 48 here. Um, and I think the 20, I think was that earlier on spun, mm -hmm. um, you're talking about the nine being able to turn left and downhill without 
you know, having an issue. Some of these other guys did that and they spun out. <laughs> so yeah. that just shows you what, you know, the kind of rails that the nine car is riding on for this race. So when they do come into pit here, uh, Jonathan, once again, tells them we're going off the jack, man. Um, it'll be longer than normal. You know, he warns them, you know, we're, we're working on fuel here. So they're in fourth, they're out 12th. Once again, though, you know, um, the top seven cars did fuel only. And some of those cars did not need as much fuel because they had pitted, uh, you know, later than Ryan. So, um, let's see the, for the choose here, the two's the leader and he takes the top and Ryan takes the bottom and the, the 99 is behind Ryan at this point. Um, we get to lap 170 and we got a caution here for the 15 car. Um, the 15, 42, the 24, 38, the eight, the 23, the six are all involved. This was um, unfortunate. The 15 yeah. was actually having a decent run for most of the race. And, you know, he's running top 20 when this happens, but uh, we were just mentioning again, guys spinning out and the cars being a little bit harder to drive. Uh, and that's what happened. He just lost it and spun in front of those guys and turned out to be a bad day for Logano and everybody else behind it yeah behind it yeah um 43 is the leader uh they're staying out at this point uh 43 takes the top ryan takes the top i think ryan's in about 12th at this point um and the one car one has damage and you know he's on the leading the bottom lane but uh, as he proves the rest of the day the damage really doesn't seem to bother his car much um they restart lap 174 by 178 the one the 43 are swapping the lead back and forth the nine is pushing the one ryan's in 14th at this play point um so this fuel thing kind of gets some swap back there a little bit. Um, lap uh, 186, he's up to 10th. At, uh, lap 189, there's a caution for the 18 and the 51, um, which happened like behind everybody. Um, he, t- you know, he tells them that uh, Jonathan tells him it's just bad in traffic. You know, they're, they're P10. They're kind of back in traffic a little more. So a lot more dirty air. Handling's not as good. Um, Red is the call here. Uh, they're pretty close to the, the pit window here um, in this stage. So I just want to get enough fuel to the end here. So they do fuel only, um, and it's three seconds of fuel. <laughs> on, and it goes on Jonathan. So uh, in 10th, out 8th, um, which is, you know, g- gaining two spots on a fuel thing, like that's pretty good. Um, the top 10 at this point, uh, I wrote this down just because some interesting not people here. The 7 now is in the top 10. The 1 the nine, the 99, the 11, the 20, the 19, the 12, the 43, and the two, which end up being some of our players later on here. Um, for the choose cone, the nine, the seven takes the top here, Ryan taking the bottom here. And they figure they're probably short on fuel, but I think they're planning on some more cautions coming too. We get the restart lap 193. Uh, the seven covers that low lane on the restart. And, um, you know, he takes the lead there. Um, uh, lap one and a nine, Ryan goes to you know back and forth between the high lane and the low lane. He's trying to find a way to work around some people. Lap two hundred, the nine and the seven are battling for the lead. Ryan's in tenth on the bottom lane. Uh, by lap two hundred three, though, the nine does take the lead, and Ryan is up to seventh at this point. Um, lap two hundred nine, Ryan works his way to sixth, and um, even lap two two twelve, Ryan's actually pushing the forty five car pretty good. Um, Ryan gets into a single file line in the top in the next lane or two uh, in seventh position. They kind of, you know, single file out a little bit here for a couple laps. Um, the top 12, literally by lap 220 or single file. At lap 225, uh, John says, if we keep doing what we're doing, we should be good to go. 
uh, on fuel. If we could do this till like with 20 to go, um, because basically they're not, you know, they're, they're in the line. They're not having to drive, excuse me, not having to drive the line at all. And, and, and they're saving fuel back there. Uh, then we get a caution at lap 235 for the 20 car. Um, here it is. He just lost it. Um, and Ryan is at six at this point. And I, I wrote down great job, Josh, here because this happened right, you know, right in front of right, Ryan. Right in and, front. Yeah. Pucker and, time uh, for me. <laughs> yeah. I was, oh, man, I was worried. <laughs> He's like, uh, I got written down here. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. And that's exactly how, how Josh says it on the radio. Um, to, 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 you know, he can judge the spin. He can judge what's happening, who's going what direction. And, uh, you know, he, like I said, Ryan is ultimately the guy controlling the car and, and making this happen. But uh, I do give Josh a lot of credit in these situations, letting him know uh, what's going on around him. Uh, Jonathan has him staying out here. Uh, this is when the 20 car loses a wheel on pit road. Hmm. Which it was announced, you know, again, we're recording this on the Tuesday, announced that they are not going to penalize them. And this is something that's happened once or twice before. Normally the, the wheel doesn't get as far as it did. It went down a couple of pit boxes and you know the car was totally out of the pit box, but it kind of seems like they're almost treating this case by case. But as long as the car doesn't leave pit road and the wheel doesn't leave, you know, too far down pit road, you don't get the four week vacation that you do for, for it happening out on the track. So, but it was awkward. And then 20 kind of tried to spin back into his box and ended up perpendicular. And then uh, I think something else caught my attention after that, but um, it's worth noting. And I, I think there has been some clarification on this and you might want to talk about it too, but um, the 23 and the 20 did swap some, not the whole cruise, which I think was a misconception by some people. They yeah. thought that they swapped crews. They swapped a couple of members and actually I believe and this, the, the person that left this wheel loose, which I won't even put it on them because they, that guy that was trying to put that tire on got drugged out of the, almost out of the pit box. Yeah. So he was still trying to complete his job. So this, I think is more on, on the Jack man, if anything, but um, the one that did this is not somebody that came from Bubba Wallace's crew. He actually came from somewhere else within the JGR organization. So yeah. you can't even, uh, I know the immediate tweets after that were like, Oh yeah, typical, you know, that's Bubba's crew for you or something like that. But uh, in this instance, it actually, the guy changing the tire was uh, from some, uh, you know, somewhere else in the organization wasn't even from the 20, wasn't even from the 23. So no. um, unfortunate, regardless, you know, you know, I'm still waiting. I'm still thankful. You know, the 12s made it so far this year. They've, and they've, I think Jonathan and Ryan's talked about it before. They've had close calls uh, and they've had actually had to come back in a couple of times to retighten some wheels earlier on in the season, but um, it does seem like this could happen to anybody at any moment. And uh, unfortunately for the 20, it, it happened to them, but fortunately for them, they're still sitting on pit road. Yeah. So we get um, a choose cone here, leader being the nine, taking the top, Ryan taking the bottom. Um, we restart at lap 240 here with the 19 actually going to the lead from the bottom lane. Um, Ryan actually pushes the one to the lead in the, in the next lap or two, and he's running either third or fourth at this point. But then at lap 244, the nine takes over, asserts himself again. We get a caution at lap 245 uh, with the 11, the six, the one is involved. Uh, the 19 is the leader. Ryan's in sixth. Uh, I, I, you know, uh, the one apologized over the radio at that point yeah. for whatever. Um, I mean, it, it's weird. I mean, he, um, he caught the damage earlier and he's run great since then. But, you know, his excuse or his explanation after the race was, you know, I had a damaged car 
And, you know, I didn't really know how much grip I was going to have. I overestimated how much grip I was going to have going into the turn. And I'm like, well, you went into the turn a lot since you got that damage. <laughs> and uh, and it's, it was unfortunate who ended up being. It is worth noting that Hamlin uh, almost turned the one really early in the race too. So there, there it seems was like people com- forget about that. But there was a comment on the radio yeah. at one point about how to, you know, like Josh will tell Ryan sometimes to look out for some things. And he, he, he said something about look out for those two because they're running near each other. And uh, he says it looked like the 11 was trying to wreck him. And, you know, he doesn't say that kind of thing, you know, for any other reason, except that that's what it looks like to him. And it looked like uh, the 11 was getting to the ones would be right rear and pushing from that right rear. And if you don't do it just right, you can turn the guy. So, you know, it, it was kind of, that was earlier in the race. So, you know, whatever's going on with those two is not over any, by any no, means. There's no love lost there, but I don't think the real comeuppance will happen until we're a couple rounds into the playoffs here. Yeah. Uh, because it does seem like no matter what happens to the one though, you know, they, <laughs> they still are super fast and mm-hmm. are still finishing in the top five pretty much every single week. Yeah. So Ryan did kind of get, caught in this a little bit um jonathan tells him everything looks good on the nose uh it just uh basically scraped up the wrap a little bit um and they tell him that the one has splitter damage so keep an eye on him um if you're trying to push him or be pushed by him um once again i took a snapshot of the top 10 at this point it's the 19 the 7 the 9 the 1 the 43 12 the 31 the 2 the 99 the 41 um 19 takes the top on the choose ryan takes the top and he's in row four uh johnson says he likes that i think it's because basically some of the the cars that are in their line are are pretty good cars for pushing Uh, we get the restart lap 252 the seven takes the lead and pretty much right away we get the 22 and the 11 tangling and ryan is in eighth at this point for that caution Um, and they're reviewing the position of ryan at that point because he says the 99 was not in front of him and they end up putting the 99 in front of him, you know, they, 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 you know, they argued it basically Jonathan argued it and they, they did not reverse it. Um, I wanted to see replay, but of course TV is not listening to the scanner like I am. So they have no idea that they're arguing about these things, but, uh, for the choose going the seven is the leader and he takes the bottom Ryan once again, takes the top in row four and we get the restart lap two fifty seven with the seven leading the 19, you know, kind of gets dumped out of there. Um, but at lap 258 is when that nine does take the lead. And then we get that block on the last lap. And uh, the seven ends up in the wall and uh, the nine ends up winning. Ryan ends up uh, fifth, um, getting avoiding any of that stuff and uh, getting a top five out of it. So, you know, not the win that we, you know, we really want to see. Um, not getting in points on the, uh, on the nine car during the day. Um, but, uh, most points I think gained all day long because of his two stage finishes were both fourth and, uh, and a top five. Yeah. Really solid day. Solid points day. He did lose a little bit to the, the nine. I forget if it's 47 or 57 points out of the lead. He's real tight with the one now. I think he's only about three points ahead of the one. So, um, this, this is really important. we mentioned it last week that, you know, if the nine slips up, which, the last three races they really haven't but if they do at some point slip up that you know it's really important for ryan to uh to have a shot at that regular season championship because that could lock him into the playoffs because unfortunately 
I mean, the fortunate thing this week is that the nine is a repeat winner, so it didn't take up another slot in the standings. Mm-hmm. But like we said, it's getting really, really tight, and it's still for it's still possible. You know, if if you know Ryan doesn't win a race, he can miss the playoffs. But I still think they're going to win a race before the playoffs start, um, and I still think they do have a shot at the regular season championship as well. Um, what did you think about the seven on that final restart? Took the bottom. Uh, you know, uh, nobody. Yeah, I, mean, I don't think any other leader took the bottom all day long. The bottom all day the seven long. Seven took yeah. the bottom. I yeah, I would think that you would take the top and then cover both lanes from there. But yeah, I don't know. I don't. Know if I was shocked. Trying try to do something different. I don't. And then, I mean, honestly, the nine. The only reason the nine got the the nineteen kind of got shuffled out there. The nineteen was on the outside, so mm-hmm. um, the nine made a you know slick move and you know kind of basically pushed you know the nineteen out of the way a little bit to get up there in the first place. But man, I was just I I I didn't see. I don't think I could be wrong, but I didn't see all day long the leader taking the bottom. So it was that was an interesting move, and I don't know that that you know messed up the sevens chances at all. I mean, he still ended up getting the lead. Yeah. Uh, in the end, mainly because Truex getting getting shuffled on the last lap, but I was just I was just surprised. So, you know, you made a comment I think in a text at one point about how the seven's not usually up there. Yeah, and I think that's yeah. experience. But on the other hand, I was thinking, wait a minute, he actually was leading at Daytona last year when the melee happened. Yeah. So uh, he's getting experience, and he definitely proved that he can run up there. Yeah, so I, I'm not quite sure what that what that was. I mean, I guess I'd have to be listening to him and his spotter conversation um, as they figure out who's behind them, you know, because I think that's a big part of it is who, who are you getting the push from? Um, are certain guys going to line up with their teammates, things like that, you know? Um, uh, the, the other thing I wanted to bring up here is that I do not, and I can't remember if I said it last week or not, I do not envy the position that Ryan and Jonathan Hassler are in right now because – just the race strategy has to be so incredibly stressful because they are they're they're walking this line where if they have a really good car they almost have to gamble to try to go for the win mm-hmm. because they're so high up in points have a, a legitimate shot at winning the regular season championship that do they just go for stage points and playoff points every stage and then try to get the best finish they can or you know we have a good car do we forego the stage points and try to win and win their way in what do you what are your thoughts on that yeah. i just man i just couldn't i mean there's a reason why jonathan is is the crew chief and Ryan's the driver because i could not handle that pressure yeah it, you know everybody keeps saying that there's so many wild card races left you know every road course race is a wild card race daytona is a wild card race and there is a handful of guys that week to week could actually win those races that, that are not in that, in the playoffs already. So yeah, it just becomes a dangerous, dangerous tightrope to walk. Um, I think you do do both. I think you maximize your points, at the stages and see what kind of finish you can get out of it. Um, the really good cars with the really, you know, really, really good speed are going to be able to do all of it. You know, we saw that a couple different times last year when, um, uh, Larson was that good, you know, Larson would win stages in, in the road courses and not race the race, the race backward. And then he would still win the race too, you know? So if you think you've got that much speed to begin with, then just get as many points out of everything and then be there at the end too. 
you know? that's what I was going to say. The two, the two road course races that are coming up, I think that's going to be the biggest thing is do they, do they pit first and try to go for, for the win or do they stay out um, like they've done as well and, and get the stage, if assuming they're good enough to lead, uh, mm-hmm. get the stage point and get the points. It's, I think it's going to be case by case, but man, I don't want to be the one making the decision, but thankfully, you know, we got a crew chief up there that's been pretty smart this year and has been making a lot of really, really good calls. I mean, you, you, you look at the standings right now, the projected, you know, projected playoffs. Um, once they realign everything the way they are way there right now, Ryan ends up being like fourth overall, you know, and he, ha- he'll have more points than, uh, than, uh, because he's got the extra bonus points he'll get for finishing second in the standings. He'll get the extra points for all his stage wins. Um, you know, he'll be, he'll be above guys like Larson, Hamlin, Bush, Truex, Bowman, Reddick, you know, he'll have, uh, seven or eight points more than Cindric, you know, and Cindric won a race, you know? So, I mean, they've already, without winning a race has already maximized a bunch of points to begin with. Um, I know that fear of not winning, uh, you know, having all these other guys win races between now and then I, is there, but I, I don't, I don't see it now at this point. I think we're far enough now. I think there's seven more races left to go. Um, Ryan can win any one of the seven <laughs> first off, but the guys who are going to win them are going to be repeat winners. Now, you know, chase, you know, you say two more road courses. Well, there's chase Elliott. Yep. Two more, two more road or courses. even a Chastain or Suarez, you know? Yeah. They could all, and there they'd be repeat winners. And even this past week, you know, at Atlanta, if the seven would have won, mm-hmm. actually would have been probably in an okay spot because they're sitting outside the top thirty in points. You know, and so, and if you look at like, okay, so Toyotas no, have not been performing well at the road courses to begin with. Okay, so who's the only Toyota right now below the cut line? Uh, if the playoffs start today, well, it's Bubba. Well, Bubba's not very good on road courses to begin with. He, you know, he, I mean, he's trying, but he's not the guy. You know, like some of these other guys. So. Yeah, I, I, Harvick is the only guy from below the cut line that if he got a, you know, could possibly win a race. You know, Amarola, they're going to talk about all week this week because they're going to New Hampshire and he did dominate New Hampshire, but that was last year's car too. So, you know, who, who's going to do well? Uh, the guys who did well at Martinsville and the guys who did well at, uh, at uh, Gateway because this track is similar. You know, one, this is a one mile, but it's flat, flatter turns. Um, one and a half grooves of racing, pretty much. They're going to be shifting. Um, I, I see that, you know, Ryan did really well. Logano won, uh, you know, a, a gateway. Um, Ryan finished top five at Martinsville. You know, so this is a this is a good race for him coming up, you know. So let's go ahead. Let's talk about that. The race coming up this weekend, the Ambetter 301, this Sunday, July 17th, New Hampshire Motor Speedway. You can catch the race at 3 p.m. Eastern time. Again, it's on the USA Cable Network and on the radio with PRN and Sirius XM NASCAR Radio. Uh, we're going to kick things off with practice and qualifying on Saturday from 1130 a.m. is when practice kicks off for groups A and B. And then 1215 to 1:30 is when the qualifying is going to happen. Single lap two rounds. Um, you mentioned Ryan, you know, running well this year at Martinsville, uh, gateway, uh, some of those other tracks that could be a little bit similar. And then let's take a look at the last race that we had here last year. Again, it was in the old car, uh, but the 2021 race at Loudon, 
uh, started seventh, finished fifth, led 64 laps. And then in the prior race to that, he did finish 20th. He did run into some trouble, but led five laps then as well. In his uh, career at uh, Loudoun, New Hampshire, nine starts, four top five or four top tens, two top fives. Um, so they do have some momentum coming into this track uh, based on their result last year, especially with the 64 laps led. And uh, even with this new car, as well as he did at Martinsville, um, I think we're looking at another potential. I mean, they've been in the, the you know, top five, top 10 pretty much every week uh, over the last few races. He did have a little bit of a slump there uh, several races ago, uh, but I think they have some momentum here. And I think this is another opportunity where the 12 could kind of just go out here and, and possibly if, if, if not dominate, at least be in the conversation and all they need to do is put themselves in position to have a chance in the final stage to go out and win the race. Um, but let's see what they can do. What do you think? Yeah. I mean, you know, every week, like I said this before now, every week they are one of the premier premier teams and you know, their top five candidate to win every week, uh, the odds, you know, they do this odds things now and they're, you know, they were one of the odds on favorites last week and they'll be one of the odds on favorites this week. I, I just, I just, oh man, I just want to see one of those weekends where they put it all together and just slam the whole field, lead a bunch of the laps, win the thing easily, you know, take all that pressure off. Um, but like I said, once they get to the playoffs too, if, you know, if this doesn't happen and they get to the playoffs, they're, they're going to be a wrecking ball in the playoffs. They're going to have be somebody to have to contend with because they are consistently in the top 10 and in the finishing in the top five, almost every week. And I do think they really have a shot here. I mean, even going back on, on these stats, I know I mentioned he had four top tens here, um, but going back to the second race of 2017, which New Hampshire did have two races there for a little while before they went to one per year. Um, but going back to that second race of 2017, ninth, next race, seventh, next race, fourth, it was that uh, lone race in 2020 where he finished 20th. I had some issues there, but then came back in 2021 and finished fifth. So four out of the last five races, uh, they finished in the top 10 and two out of the last three in the top five. Um, again, that's with the older car, uh, but Ryan's taken to this new car very, very well and has shown that he can perform on similar tracks like this already this season. Um, so I don't want to get too hyped up for this, but you know, I thought Atlanta, I thought he was going to have a chance here or a chance there. He did run top five all day long, pretty much, uh, except for that one period where he dropped back to around eight, seventh or eighth, uh, but up front all day long. Um, they've got so much momentum. They're in such a good position in the points. If they just get this one win, it'll solidify everything and just take the nerves away. Cause you know, you, you talked about it. You don't think they're going to get to that, you know, magic 16 number or 17 number or whatever it is on, on wins where he could get, end up getting booted out. Um, but it, it's still a chance there. There's still a chance. And, you know, I'll, if there's a new winner this week, it'll, it'll make it even worse <laughs> for the nerves. Uh, but I know, I know at some point they're going to, they're going to put a full race together here and uh, go to victory lane and, and hopefully have some really, really good momentum like they did last year going into the playoffs. So once again, if you want to tune into this race, it's Sunday, July 17th, the Ambetter 301 New Hampshire Motor Speedway, 3 p.m. Eastern time on USA and PRN and Sirius XM NASCAR radio. So Steve, I, I was late. Um, Tara, who was on, my wife, who was on with us a little bit earlier, uh, kept reminding me all day long to set my fantasy lineup because I had forgotten it a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were at a race. And um, I almost forgot this time 
the, the cell signal at Atlanta, uh, especially down on pit road was not good. So I had to wait until right after driver intros when we were back up in our seats. So I'm setting it right before the race is going to green, which you have to remember was moved up too because of they were fearing weather. So I did my, my fantasy lineup really, really fast. Um, I kind of went a little bit out on a limb here uh, because I was worried about attrition and some things. So I didn't use all maybe the best guys. And man, I took a beating <laughs> this week. Um, I think when we go over the overall standings, I was, you know, 115 plus points out of first, <laughs> like it wasn't even close. <clears throat> Whereas the week prior, I think I was only like 25 points out of first place. So um, my starting lineup here, um, the best of the bunch is the, my first pick here. I picked the two car in Austin Sindrick. Uh, he won the Daytona 500. I thought he had some decent momentum over the last couple of weeks. And that actually did kind of work out. He got me 34 points. Uh, Chris Busher, who has kind of been on a run here, man, I thought he was going to be a solid pick. Only cut me four points. Uh, William Byron, the, the you know the winner in the spring race at Atlanta, only got me fourteen points. Tyler Reddick, who ran up front for a portion of this race before, uh, made an error of himself on pit road, got stuck back in the pack, and then got into a crash. Seventeen points, and I left Logano in the garage, which was fine because he only gained eleven anyway. Uh, the featured matchups I did okay. I picked Austin Dillon over Tyler Reddick. That was wrong. Um, I picked Harvick over Keselowski. That was correct. I picked Ryan over Truex. That was correct. And then I picked Bubba Wallace over uh, Michael McDowell. That actually ended up correct as well. So actually, you know what? <laughs> With all of Bubba's struggles, I didn't realize he, he actually finished. Yeah, sure. <laughs> he <ended up> finished <laughs> in the top 14. 15. Yeah. <laughs> but I think that was due to some of that attrition yeah. throughout the race. But um, so, yeah, I mean, I did okay on the featured matchups. Man, I really, really missed it uh, with the starting lineup. What did it look like for you? Yeah, I had the same issues because I had like Reddick and I had Logano and uh, Kyle Busch, <laughs> William Byron, Christopher Bell. <laughs> yeah, we're running into the same problems here. Yeah, uh, and but I had one one guy who saved me. And that's the guy who won the race. Chase Elliott. There you go. Chase Elliott. <laughs> I had 60, him for a minute. Took him out though. 60 points right there. Wow. See, that's yeah. what happens. He swept. I mean, it doesn't count for starting on pole, but starts on the pole. Win stage one, win one stage two, two, wins the race, probably had the fastest lap, probably <laughs> several yeah. other things because no one, yeah. unfortunately, no one was touching that nine car. Yeah. Um, then I had all the um, the picks correct, too. I had Tyler Reddick, Harvick, Ryan, and Bubba over, over Michael McDowell. So I had all the picks correct, too, which is really, really kind of a crapshoot. I mean, because yeah. you think about it, Tyler Reddick was 29th, and yet he beat Austin Dillon, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And the same with Bubba. Bubba was 14th and Michael McDowell was 15th, you know, right there head to head real close. So it could have went either way. Um, so, yeah, I mean, pretty good on those picks. But uh, overall, yeah, it wasn't great numbers for me. Uh, I think I had like 179 total or something like that, which so, put me thir- 31st. Yeah, in the, in, the, in the order. So let's take a look at that. Let's take a look at the top 10 in points earned this past week for the Team Blaney. NASCAR Fantasy Live League at Atlanta Motor Speedway. In the first position, we have P. Shoot Bill with 241 points. In second, Vans 12, 239. In third, Blaney's Daisy, 237. Fourth, B. Rye 12, 233. Tied for fifth, we have Rogue Tough and Fry Gal 12 with 232 points. In seventh, Go 12, Go, 229 points. 
In eighth, Semper Blaney, 227 points. In ninth, Cash, 730, 224 points. Rounding out the top 10, Big Burn, 221 points. As you said, you finished in the tied for 31st there, 179. And man, oh man, I was in all alone in the 65th position with a paltry 115 points. Uh, so I was more than 100 points out of uh, what Pea Shoot Bill earned there with the 241 points to finish first in points earned this past week in Atlanta. Let's take a look at the overall standings. And we have a new leader this week, I believe. Fry Gal 12. 3,673 points in the first position. Second, we have Clyde's Chicken Pit Racing. Third, Math Mom 4. Fourth, The Dalai Lama 4. Fifth, Moose Hunter 1960. Sixth, Two Bushes No Johnsons. Seventh, Rogue Tough. Eighth, Planey Kicks Beep. Ninth, Eric D15. And rounding out the top 10 with 3,505 points is Super Mod. So again, Frygal 12 leads the way with 3,673 points thus far in the Team Blaney NASCAR Fantasy Live League. Um, we can scroll down a little bit. I, You are furthering the gap between us after that one week where I jumped you. Uh, you were in the 24th position, 3,350 points, and my team is in 31st, 3,266 points. So I, all that gloating that I did for that one week has really turned my luck <laughs> in the wrong direction since then. And uh, I think you've taken over and you might, you might keep in that position until the playoffs. Cause that's usually when I heat up. Yeah. You know, then it resets for the playoffs too. that, that special playoff standing. And that'll be kind of cool too. So, you know, there'll be an overall, but then there'll be a, a playoff version, which is nice too. So, yeah, I'm interested to see in the overall, if Clyde's chicken pit racing can win back to back, but um, he has some some tough competition. Frygal 12 and Math Mom 4 and the Dalai Lama 4 have been up there all season long. Moose Hunter, um, Two Bushes, No Johnsons, Rogue Tough, who was uh, a big, uh, who was up there last year. Man, it's like really, honestly, anyone in the top 10 can win this thing, I think. So uh, it's fun to play along. And I know we're all full at 100 people playing along. So uh, thanks to everyone that's joined us. I know uh, this next week, Eric Almarola might be worth putting on your lineup just in case he dominated last week. Ryan's at least going to be in my garage as usual. Um, we'll have to see, uh, see who else I put in my lineup. Chastain. I don't know. I feel like he's good everywhere. It might be an opportunity there. Also might be an opportunity for the 11 to <laughs> seek some revenge too at this type of racetrack. And um, I don't know. The momentum is on the side of the nine car too. He can probably win just about everywhere too. Yeah, the uh, um, how many more usages of Ryan do you have left? Oh man, um, I don't do you know. know. Offhand, I might have to go back to my main my main page here, but I I don't think I've actually used him that much. But I think I might have like four or five. Oh, okay, all right. Because you only got seven races left to the regular season before it's they true. reset. So start using them. <laughs> Yeah. You'll start you'll start gaining on me at this point if you did that because I, I I ran out of usage on him early on because I just pretty much used him every week you know and I think I do I couple, have yeah I have five usages left of Ryan yeah so start using them yeah use them. okay there's okay there's seven races left to the playoffs um, don't use them in the two route road course races yeah because who knows what the strategy will be right use them in the other other five see what you get 
Yeah, because I, I mean, I have them in the garage every single week, and there's been a couple of times. Well, those five other times that I've actually, I think I did may I may have started them in the Daytona 500 and maybe Talladega. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, a couple of other times I've obviously brought them out of the garage, but for the most part, I usually end up leaving them in there. I'm also afraid of jinxes. Like I hate, I'm afraid of bringing them out of the garage and putting them in, and I just I don't know, feel like I'll jinx the 12 car somehow, even though I know <laughs> I have what I do has no bearing on their finish, but yeah. it's in my head. Um, besides that though, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I think the Fords are going to be pretty good. Um, and once again, with the shifting, I- I'm just afraid, you know, unless they, uh, PJ won the heck out of this track, um, they're going to get in that one lane kind yeah. of a thing. You know, that was the one thing they were able to do at gateway was, uh, was make and create a second lane and, and create that two lanes of racing, um, and New Hampshire has never really quite been like that. It's been more or less about making a mistake and so on and so forth. And the problem with that is, is with the shifting, it corrects a lot of the mistakes. So, you know, guys running consistent laps up there, it's going to become a, you know, restarts are going to be great. And then it'll be a single file fest you know, yeah. after that. Uh, they had a, like a NASCAR official on like they usually do each week on Sirius XM. And I believe last year when they went to New Hampshire, they left the track alone um i think it was scott miller maybe that was on he mentioned maybe and they they've abandoned pj1 pretty much so now they've stuck with the resin which i guess is still is still um produced by the same company that made the pj right Um, but the resin acts different it doesn't actually need to be run in or anything or activate it apparently just is grippy from the beginning um he mentioned that if they did put it on the track you're probably looking at it in the low groove and the top groove because the middle groove is kind of where it's preferred where the preferred lane already is so if they do it it'll be up there up up higher at the bottom and hopefully try to create some sort of multi-lane racing at this track which could make things pretty exciting um todd gordon ryan's former crew chief mentioned you know if they have the resin in the bottom lane he thinks it'll it'll make for his words where it'll make for an exciting race if the resin is in the bottom lane and the shifting works as he thinks it will um, it could make things interesting. So uh, we'll see. Maybe, but who knows? They might just leave the track alone again and see what the new cars will do. But uh, I don't know. I've said it every single week. We get to a track where they have to shift. That's a non-road course and it just makes me angry. So <laughs> I just, I will say it again. Hopefully next year they get rid of the shifting as much as they possibly can and uh, let these guys focus on racing. Yeah, it, it correct, corrects mistakes. You know, that's the, from what way I understand it is they're able to downshift and just it corrects any kind of mistake they, they make coming into a turn. So, yeah, it's next year. Maybe they'll do something with the gearing and I'll change that. But right now, you know, the only other thing they can do is, is create more tire fall off. And who knows? We don't know what that's going to be this week. Um, Goodyear might be bringing who knows what kind of tire they're bringing. Very true. So I think we're nearing the end of this week's episode of the Team Blaney podcast. One thing worth mentioning, though, is that we are just two weeks out from the Superstar Racing Experience or the Camping World SRX Series coming to Sharon Speedway. You can catch that race on Saturday, July 23rd. If you want to get there in person and you don't already have tickets, they have sold out all of the uh, the main tickets for, I believe, the grandstands and everything but they still do have general admission tickets that will be available right now. You can go to the Sharon Speedway website and you click the link there and uh, purchase the tickets online. I believe they're also going to have multiple ticket booths open at the racetrack. They do have uh, 
an infield kind of experience now that they opened up a couple of years ago. So they're encouraging folks if they get general admission tickets, they can sit in the infield. And they've also encouraged people to bring their own lawn chairs if they're going to do that, unless you kind of want to get up and walk around for most of that. So uh, general admission tickets are still available. And then if you do want to watch it on TV, it's been on CBS all year long uh, for this summer run here. Um, So if you want to catch that Sunday or Saturday, July 3rd, I believe it's 8 p.m. Eastern time on CBS. Yeah, I believe the gates open at two from what I've read. Um, And there'll be like a practice session that the that goes on. I think it said four to six. I think they believe they're they're having a band uh, uh, back there behind the grandstands. Um, I will I will try to get there when I can. We'll try to tweet out that we're there. Um, Hopefully get to meet some uh, some fellow uh, followers of the podcast here. Um, Blaney Bunch members you know, it would be great if we meet some people from the Blaney Bunch. Um, like I said, I've made some t-shirts to give away. Um, uh, and we'll do a tweet up and everything that we, if we can, you know, get a picture of everybody if we can. Um, still working on some things there. But hey, as long as we get together and get, get a chance to BS a little bit ahead of time and talk about the events, uh, they then made an announcement last week that uh, Joey Logano is going to be there as a uh, guest announcer for that night. So uh you know, they're bringing in everybody. Uh, so cross your fingers on, uh, on the W, uh, and hopefully that's good that night. <laughs> I'm not even going I'm not even saying the word. Um, but, uh, otherwise, uh, it's gonna be a fun night all any way around. Um, you know, these guys, if you've watched the racing on the, on the last, uh, four Saturday nights, uh, these guys really race hard. And, uh, this week, uh, they're at I 55. So they're on a dirt track this week coming up. So it'll be great to see how some of them guys react on the dirt and then, uh, you know, they'll get some practice on the dirt before they get, uh, get to Sharon on the 23rd and, uh, run again, run against the hometown hero. Yeah. There's going to be some, a really amazing driver lineup here. Obviously you're going to have Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte, um, Dave Blaney is going to be racing in this against Ryan Blaney, uh, Chase Elliott you know, the winner from this past week at Atlanta Motor Speedway and, you know, Cup Series champion. Uh, He's also on the card uh, along with several others. I think Michael Waltrip and then some of the other guys are part-time, but, you know, just an incredible amount of talent is going to be on display running on the dirt at Sharon Speedway. Um, So excited for the racetrack show. So excited for the exposure they're going to get. Really excited to see how Ryan and Dave, hopefully they get to battle a little bit on the track um, they kind of got to do it a little bit a few years ago when they raced the only race they did, did together in NASCAR uh, at Eldora. So really looking forward to that. If I'm a fan, I'm going to get there as early as I possibly can. Uh, check out the band, check out the practice session that's going on. I'm not sure what their deal with autograph sessions have been this year. I, I think in some cases they've had to you've had to get tickets or wristbands in advance. So I don't know any from information on that. I will just say try to get there early. I think the Ohio, the Northeast Ohio, Western Pennsylvania crowd is going to show up for this. Um, and there's really only two ways into the racetrack, <laughs> uh, depending on which way you get uh, get there off of Route Seven. So I would say for traffic purposes, parking purposes, get there as early as possible and just enjoy the day and go find Steve for a little team Blaney tweet up and um, just, you know, have a little bit of time to, to talk some Blaney racing and maybe pick up a t-shirt or two and uh, just everyone have fun. That's what I'm looking forward to. And I hope it's, I hope it's a really exciting night for everybody. So thank you once again, everyone, for tuning in to this episode of the Team Blaney Podcast. If you'd like to learn more about myself and co-host Steve, please just listen to our very first episode that dives deep into our Blaney fandom. You can interact with us on Facebook and Twitter at Team Blaney. 
and on Instagram at team.blaney. And finally, we'd like to encourage you to support the Ryan Blaney Family Foundation. This organization championed by Ryan and his family supports causes like the Alzheimer's Association and UPMC Sports Medicine. Find out more about the foundation online at ryanblaneyfamilyfoundation.org or on any of their very active social media channels. Yeah, so let's for- uh, let's turn the grandstands purple in a couple of weeks at Indianapolis. Um, as far as I know, they're still selling those tickets, seventy-five bucks a piece. Get you uh, special seating with uh, with other Blaney fans. The purple purple uh, Alzheimer's uh, shirt that uh, Flag and Anthem has made, uh, cooling towel, and uh, 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 a Q and A with Ryan. Um, a special tent before the race so um they still have that going on as far as i know let's get in on that let's turn those grandstands purple uh i you know my my wife and i will be there for that and that'll be a lot of fun too yeah incredible incredible deal at a historic venue and what i what was a great race last year that i think they can only improve upon this year so for my co-host steve mez i'm adam rogers we'll catch you next time right here on the team Blaney podcast Good night, Brussels. Good night, Dublin. <laughs>